As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Make sure to give yourself some business hours too. Like after a certain time, you got to shut off the computer, shut off the emails or, or shut off the rehab because or else you're just going to slow yourself down. It's going to be harder for you to achieve your goals. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost-effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Natalie Cloutier. Natalie, how are you doing today? And how did I do with the pronunciation? You actually did it perfectly. Except for Thank my you. No. Oh. <laughs> it's fine. How do you pronounce your first name? It's Natalie. Just it's fine. Okay. Perfect. Very French name. So how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am doing great. Thanks for asking. So before we dive into our conversation, a little bit about her background. She started investing in 2014, building her first home from ground up with no money down. She currently works for Transport Canada full time. Currently holds 13 doors, most being new bills with one burr based in Ottawa, Canada. You can say hi to her at robnatbuildingwealth.ca. So before we get any further, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. So uh, my background is I come from a family that did a lot of these new builds and that's where I learned most of what I do today. My husband and I both met in college while we were studying architectural technology, and that's how we got started. We bought a condo, decided it wasn't for us, and then we decided to build our own house using No Money Down, which is a special kind of loan that we can talk about later. And then we house hacked that, and we kept going with that same kind of special recipe. Over time, we've acquired a total of 16 units, but we sold three last year. And right now there's not much going on. We just finished our first burr and we are getting ready to build a fourplex in the next few months. So that's where we are today. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about that no money down new build loan. So you can tell us about what that loan program is. Sure. It's funny because it's a loan that not a lot of people know about, but my parents got us into it because they were doing that type of loan about 30 years ago when they first started. They built four houses in four years. Really, it's called an auto construction loan. So what it allows you to do is to use your labor as your down payment. So instead of putting the traditional 20% down payment, you can do a lot of the work yourself in order to save that money. And the bank will consider that your down payment. So just to give like a quick example with easy numbers, let's say the blueprints of the house you want to build was valued at $100,000. The bank will say, okay, well, we'll loan you 80% of that value and it's up to you to build it for that amount. So they give you progressive draws as you progress in the construction and you build it with that amount. If you go over budget, well, it's up to you to cover that cost. And if not, if you actually come in under budget, well, you can just pocket the difference. So it really allows you to get started with a house that's at 80% of the market value with no money down. And then by house hacking it, you can add value and refinance and and do the traditional financing that other investors do. But that's basically the gist of an auto construction loan. Is this something that just Canada does or is this in the U.S. as well? You know what? That's a great question. I've been trying to figure out if uh, that happens in the U.S. This is something that's typical to a local credit union that we have here. I haven't found it in other banks. They do do it, but it usually comes with a lot more strings attached. It's a little more complicated than that, but this credit union is really great. You can do it in the States, but I usually tell people the best way to achieve it is through private lender and kind of treat it as you would a burr. Instead, just build with a private lender and you even get a private lender that'll give it to you in progressive draws. So you only 
pay interest on what you borrow as the construction progresses. And then when the construction is over, then you can refinance and get your money back and get your mortgage in place. The only thing I would say about investing with new builds is that you need a specific market that really works. So it has to be a market where the cost to build will be less than the cost to buy, right? So if you're in a market where you can get a house for like 150K, chances are it's going to cost you more to build it. So then it's not really worth it. Here in Ottawa, the values, especially lately in the past few years, values have been going up a lot. So it's been really advantageous to build a property because you know that the market value to buy the same house or building will definitely cost you more than it does to build it. Because, you know, building, your costs are always about the same. No matter the market, a house will always cost you about the same amount. So yeah, you need a typical market to make it work, but it's a great way to do it, especially in a high market when it's very hard to find deals. This is kind of our way to take control of our investments and create our own deals. How do you find out if you're in a market where the cost to build is lower than the cost to buy? I guess you need to find those two metrics. So how do I find those two metrics? That's a great question. You can probably just talk to an appraiser in the area and you can get their take on it. But usually, you'd know, like there are some parts, let's say you're in, a, in an older market. Let's, uh, I don't know, I'm just, uh, I'm going to stay Canadian here. <laughs> but let's say you're in Saskatchewan in a rural part where houses are going for really, really cheap. Well, then if you can get buy an, a single family home for $100,000 or less, it's going to cost you way more to, to build it. So then, you know, it's not worth it. But if you're somewhere in Vancouver where uh, houses are like a million and you go somewhere where you can find a piece of land for like $100,000 and the price to build the house is probably going to be about 350. So you know that then that's worth it. These are extreme examples. If you're in a market where you're not too sure, then just have a set of plans done, get it valued by an appraiser, and then you'll know if it's worth it for you or not. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So after you build these properties, what do you use them for? Have you been consistently house hacking every property or are they used as rentals? Are you flipping them? They are all rentals. Our strategy, we called it build and hold. (laughs) So we've done one house hack, which we still live in today, but all the rest we have just done build and hold. There's three that we sold last year just because the market was really high and these were underperforming properties. So we decided to get rid of them and use the money towards better cash flowing properties. But most of our units are like small multifamilies, maybe duplexes, fourplexes, and we're holding them for as much as we can. We're trying to build up our cash flow so that I can join my husband full-time in the business. He's full-time since 2018. He's building, he's doing a lot of the work himself. So he's not like he's not working or retired. (laughs) He just replaced a job with another job, I guess. But I would like to get there with him as well one day. So our main focus right now is long-term build and hold and cash flow. Perfect. Do you mind walking us through on one of those deals that you sold, kind of the numbers? So how you found the land or the house that you knocked down to build, maybe the cost of building, why you built that specific type of property, what you rented it out for, and then what you sold it for? Sure. I'm going to find one. So this one, we found the lobby. We were just driving in front. There was a sign on the street. So it was an MLS listing. We were interested in it because it was like a smaller lot on a little busy road. And I think a lot of people weren't interested in it because we're outside of Ottawa. So we're about 20 to 30, 40, depending on on where we're building exactly. We're in the outskirts of Ottawa. So usually when people move outside of the city and they're looking for a vacant lot is because they're looking to build that dream home on a quarter acre property or more. So we've had a lot of success finding 
these smaller lots that nobody really wants that are maybe awkward that could have kind of an issue building on so they've been really great for us and this specific lot there was a small garage on it that needed to be torn down and there was also an old well and it was between older homes that kind of weren't really nice to look at so we bought the property I think the land was we bought it for like 45,000 which is really good because in our area everything goes for over 80,000 for a vacant property so we bought that and we built a single family home two-story I don't have the numbers of construction in front of me this was back in 2017 I believe we built it for about 220,000 give or take don't quote me on that and that includes the land and it might have been more than that but anyways, somewhere around that. And we rented it for $1,700 a month, but it wasn't a good cash flowing property. Like I think we cash flowed maybe $100 a month, but we ended up selling it last year. We sold it for, what did we sell it for? We sold it for $308. Yeah, $308. So it was a good flip property if you kind of look at it that way. It wasn't our intention to do it, to sell it within a year or so, but we made a good profit on that one. Thanks for sharing those numbers. Kind of switching gears a little bit here, I guess a lot of bit. So your husband works in the business full-time and then you are working full-time. So what are some tips you have for other investors who are just starting out and they are working a full-time job while also trying to grow a business that is big enough to replace their full-time income? What advice would you give that person? Well, you know what? We're still figuring that part out too. So it's a lot of work. Real estate investing is not easy. You got to be willing to put in the work and to hustle. The best thing I would do is just make sure that you have a business plan in place. If just one thing that we're actually struggling with ourselves is separating the roles and responsibilities of who does what. And it's something that it's really important to do because you can find yourself fighting over the little details that is kind of a waste of time. Like you're fighting because he's doing that. And I, technically it's, his, it's my job or whatnot. So I think it's really important to separate the roles and responsibilities so you can avoid conflict and so that you can be on the same path together. Um, but mostly I would probably say to the hustle is good, but take the time to relax and celebrate the small victories. Because if you work yourself to the bone, like we have, we've, we've done this in the past, we've worked crazy busy hours and at a certain point it does affect your health both physically or mentally and it's really important to take the time to celebrate and relax and make sure to give yourself some business hours too like after a certain time you got to shut off the computer shut off the emails or or shut off the rehab because or else you're just going to slow yourself down it's going to be harder for you to achieve your goals so I think finding that balance is a real challenge that honestly I'm still figuring out myself (laughs) Mm-hmm. But I think that's a few things that we've learned along the past. So hopefully that can help some people. Oh yeah, no, I think it definitely will. Okay, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say write down a mission statement for your business. So that it's different from a goal. A goal can usually change and probably will change as an investor. But if you have a mission statement for your business, that mission statement should bring you back to your core every time you're faced with a tough decision. Just an example of that, recently we were shopping for our first burr. We almost bought a fiveplex that probably would have cash flowed about the same as the duplex burr we ended up buying instead. And the only reason we were looking at it is because we wanted to be able to say that we added five extra units to our portfolio in one shot, when really that wasn't the important thing. 
What's important is not the number of units you have, but the cash flow they generate. So our business mission was really just to provide a great service to our tenants and a great quality product too. So we ended up going back to our statement, realizing that that five plex, there wasn't much, it was a lot of bachelor units and there was a lot of value add to it. So we went back to, if we can't give a good quality product and good quality service, then the duplex was a better choice. And in the end, I think it was because the numbers made a lot more sense from the duplex than the five plex did. So have a mission statement and think about cash flow and not number of units. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? So this is a Canadian book, but I think there's a lot of value to it, even if you're in the States. And it's called The Secrets of the Canadian Real Estate Cycle by Don Campbell. This book was really helpful because it helped us get into the mindset of preparing for a market downturn. It talks about how to think about as a strategic investor and think of stuff that's going on in the market and how to kind of predict how the next cycle is, is going to come up or when it's going to come up. And we've got a lot of value from it. And I think I'm actually going to read it again because I think the second time I'll read it, I'll get a little bit more out of it. But I definitely recommend that book. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Oh God, I think that I would repeat the same steps we've been doing, focus as a passive investor and try to, you know, I'm a big believer of lowering your personal expenses and fire movement and and trying to get your financial independence. So I would do the same thing all over again, because I think that it truly is the best way to get back on track. I would make sure that I learn whatever mistake I did make to get my business to collapse. I will Write down notes and I will make sure that I've learned from it and I won't repeat it, but definitely just keep focusing as a passive investor. I think that's just the best route to take. If you don't mind, tell us about a deal that you lost the most money on, how much you lost and then the lesson you learned. There's not really anything that we've lost a lot of money on, but I can say that the deal where it was the least lucrative, I guess, is the first property we ever bought, which was a condo. We bought it right out of college. And we learned that a condo outside of a big city does not appreciate very fast. However, condo fees do. (laughs) So condo fees kept going up. And we learned that there's a a lot of backstory to that property. But basically, we rented it where the cash flow was negative $300 a month. And then when we did sell it this year, we sold it on February 1st. It's sold for maybe 20 grand more than when we bought it six years before. So yes, we had paid down our capital and we did end up walking away with some money, but definitely wasn't worth the time and effort we had put in for those six years. So that's one property that we'll try to never repeat again. (laughs) What is the best ever way you like to give back? Sure. I love that question. So there's two ways we love to give back. We love to encourage local businesses and we do have this one charity where we donate to regularly. One way that we encourage our local businesses is by hiring just all the local trades. We don't go outside the big city. We stay in the local trades in the town. 
and we order all our lumber and materials from the local lumber yard. I also give these welcome baskets to our tenants when they first move in and I try to incorporate little baggies or gift cards or business cards from local businesses, especially if it's for tenants who are outside of town and they come in and they get this basket with all of local businesses. It's a nice welcome community feel. And the charity that we like to donate to is a, an animal rescue charity. It's a, again, a local couple about my age. They rescue and rehabilitate domestic and exotic animals and they go across country and telling people about their the responsible pet ownership. And we've helped, like we've donated their flooring to their new, when they moved into their new facility. We've helped paint. We've helped raise money for them on, on certain occasions. And it's just, it's a great charity that really holds true to us. So that's one charity that we absolutely love to donate to. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? The place I'm the most active on is Instagram. My handle is rn.property. So that's R for Rob and N for Natalie. Properties IES at the end. I also just started a blog recently and that's robnatbuildingwealth.ca. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today and walking us through your journey and providing us with some of your best ever advice. A few of the big takeaways for me is this no money down new bill loan. I'd never heard of that before called the auto construction loan. You get through a local credit union and essentially you are able to use your labor as the down payment instead of putting down 20% down. The basically the bank will loan 80% of the cost. And then as long as you can build it for 80% of the cost, then you don't have to put any money down. If you go over budget, you got to pay, but if you go under budget, you get to keep the money. I talked about your advice for new builds, which is to find a market where the cost to build is lower than the cost to buy. And so you can get that through talking with local appraisers in the area. You also walk us through an example deal that you bought. And then you gave us some advice on working full time while also trying to become a real estate investor. And that was to make sure you have a business plan in place. Make sure you are separating the roles and the labor that needs to be done so you know who does what. And then making sure you take the time to relax and celebrate these small victories. And then lastly, your best ever advice, which was to make sure you write down a mission statement for your business, which is not the same as a goal. A goal will change year over year, month over month, maybe even day over day, but the mission statement will always stay the same. And it's the thing that you go back to whenever you are in a sticky situation. So again, thank you for joining us today. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me.